Welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcast, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature-centered paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Blue Marble Podcast, where I talk about ways to put your green faith into action and to manifest good magic for the planet. I'm your host, Rev. Charbert, with Circle Sanctuary, Green Faith, and the Climate Reality Project. I hope this podcast continues to educate and to motivate intention into action. This month, I'm looking at some environmental youth leadership training programs. Um, Let's take a look at what they do well. How does that clue in any of us who are mentoring the next generations of environmental leaders? Now, I'm going to highlight three. And there are others out there, of course. But these are three that are internationally renowned. And um, they do some really good things. And so let's get to it. The first one is the Wilderness Awareness School. The second one is the Roots and Shoots Program of the Jane Goodall Institute. And the last one is Faith for Earth Empathy Leadership Program, or FEEL. Now, the Wilderness Awareness School, this is one that um, my family participated in directly when we lived in the Pacific Northwest. And so we have firsthand experience with this one. And it was awesome. Um, it's wildernessawareness.org slash youth programs. That's wildernessawareness, all one word, wildernessawareness.org slash youth programs. Um, the Wilderness Awareness School, it's a 501c3 not-for-profit like all of these. And it was founded in 1983. It's an internationally recognized leader in outdoor education. And it was founded by the late Norman Powell and John Young, called the Wilderness Awareness School, or WAS. And it's recognized um, really as one of the primary inspirations for the contemporary nature connection movement. Um, And the mission is to help children and adults cultivate healthy relationships with nature, with community, and with oneself. So um, it's based in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains, which is about 45 minutes outside of Seattle, Washington. And it is through nature connection and cultural mentoring that WAS provides um, kind of some transformational experiences. They can awaken someone's unique gifts Um, taking them outside of their normal environment. Um, They can deepen their relationship with nature for sure. And they can empower themselves to, well, enrich the health of their communities, you might say. So the community of students includes people of all ages who understand and thrive on their connection to the natural world around us. I think of uh, one of our senior ministers, Reverend Dr. Dennis Carpenter, always talking about nature connection, get out in nature, be in nature, you know, exactly. This is, this is that kind of thing. Get out in nature, immerse yourself in nature. And that kind of outdoor education is becoming increasingly important with generations that are being raised in cyberspace. 
where their social time is spent in digital reality for whatever reasons. And, you know, you can become more and more out of touch with the biodiverse, organic, natural world around you. So the Wilderness Awareness School, um, it's really recognized internationally because of its mentoring teaching style and its uh, naturalist training expertise, really. And nature is the teacher. The um, teaching methods used include storytelling, uh, the art of questioning, and establishing routines to enhance awareness. So, you know, one of the ultimate goals is that students come away with a joy and self-motivation for learning. So the WAS approach trains youth and adults to use traditional ecological knowledge, but it's blended with the benefits of modern science. So ancient and new together. Um, They have, uh, through WAS, they've got adult weekend and weekend uh, long programs, which is cool for just adults. And then they've got the immersion at the Wilderness Awareness School. And they also have nature instructor training. So those, those are kind of, they've become the gold standard for nature connection training. Um, and, and graduates of the immersion program for adults, they founded schools around the world now. They have become thought leaders within this field of outdoor education. And many of them are respected scientists and naturalists in their own right. Um, the summer camp. Now, that's something that my son um, and husband participated in several summers and loved it. Uh, that's an award-winning program. It's, it's received um, nine Parent Maps Best Outdoor Camp Award, nine years in a row. That's saying something. Um, and one of the things is WAS lets kids be kids. They discover the outdoors, one mud puddle at a time, one bird sound at a time, you know, one quiet step in the forest at a time, one moonlight walk at a time. And there's, um, there's a very small student to teacher ratio. Um, and that's really important for safety and also for greater learning. They have an absolute commitment to child safety, inclusivity, diversity, equity. And because the groups are small, they're called clans. You're in a little clan. Your clan is small. You you can focus on having in-depth experiences. And then the curriculum they use can be personalized to match the skill of each kid or youth. So as students learn the skills required to survive in the outdoors, they also learn the skills they need to survive and thrive in our postmodern world, in any community. Things like... um, excuse me, things like self-confidence, healthy risk-taking, just learning itself, and of course, hands-on appreciation for the natural world. I really appreciate how they blend modern and ancient ways of connecting with nature and promoting community. Students learn and share experiences with their clan of kids and youth while they still receive a lot of individual coaching with their instructors. And that that combined approach, it kind of emphasizes community, learning from our immediate community. Um, And each clan is like nine to 10 students with one staff person for that number of students. And um, 
there are additional volunteers who can help. And so because of the tight ratio, um, each, each trainer or instructor, they can help students to learn at their own pace. And the moment a student enters um, the camp, the experience is entirely hands-on and they start taking healthy risks that they're ready for. So here, here are some of the actual things that they learn. Um, kids and youth learn hazards and wilderness basics, things that could be harmful to us and others, you know, um, what we need to do to avoid or resolve issues once they happen, if you're in the wild. How many of us would benefit from that? Um, they learn wildlife tracking and, and different mammals. So who lives here? Who are your wild neighbors? What can you tell about their lives from their tracks or from the sign, even if you don't see them directly? Um, for all you herbologists out here, what is edible? What is medicinal? What's poisonous plant identification? Think about that. How do you identify a plant? Using sketches, field marks, field guides, which ones have poisonous lookalikes in your area? I mean, how useful is that? Um, they learn about ecology. They learn about natural communities, um, all the cycles and relationships that make up the rhythm of the natural world and, and what we can learn from them and how we fit into them. Um, oh, I love they learn about survival and trees, how to select and use trees for shelter, food, tools for fire, how trees communicate, how you communicate with trees. And this one for me was so impressive learning about birds and bird language because it was beyond just being able to identify bird song. I mean, you did. You learned all kinds of bird songs, but you also learned things from birds that will help you stay safe from predators, how you locate animals that pass nearby, how you understand what's going on in the weather, in the ecosystem, with climate, with weather from birds. It's amazing. So kids and youth are learning that. And as youth are learning those natural skills, they're learning interpersonal people skills. They're exploring the wild. They're having fun. They're creating adventures. They're forming lifetime memories, right? And some of the goals of the training um, from that kind of uh, experience is cultivating leadership ability as well <coughs> around things like teamwork, um, communication. And I like thankfulness, gratitude, genuine appreciation, um, learning earth care, different kinds of stewardship, learning awareness, self-awareness, situational awareness, learning patience, because being in the wild requires patience, practicing common sense, developing self-confidence and self-respect, also respect for others, human, non-human, and definitely learning problem solving in all kinds of situations that are normal, but also not so normal. So, that's the summer camp experience and anybody anywhere can sign up for that and go for an immersion. Highly recommend it. Um, they also have uh, youth programs throughout the year that are similar to that. They're, they teach a lot of those same things, but um, they, uh, you know, just are, kind of require that you're, you live closer to the area. So the, the year long programs, they, um, I think one of the things that they emphasize that's different is they're really focused on developing core routines of nature connections. So cultivating habits, 
that become consistent applied practice, which is the definition of discipline. So developing nature connection disciplines, building behaviors, you know, like I said, is consistent applied practice and the core routines then are the underlying practices that become a part of how we connect with the natural world in our daily lives, week in and week out. And those include things like gratitude practices, storytelling, singing, sensory awareness practices, questioning, and tracking. Those are just some of the core routines that shape the WAS experience. And those habits help raise awareness. They help us to be receptive uh, to teachable moments that happen in life. And they really um, teach someone to let curiosity lead the way. So that's kind of year-long training. It's not just a seasonal immersion. Um, but in that way, play and practicing core routines drive the learning culture year-round. And um, students and youth meet on a regular basis throughout the year for reinforcement. For anybody interested in the nature instruction training, um, the educational philosophy is called coyote mentoring. And that encourages creative and critical thinking rather than providing answers. It helps the students develop problem solving skills and self-sufficiency in finding answers. And it, it encourages a much deeper level of learning. It has been said, the greatest teachers are those who show the way, but they don't tell you what you should see. So that's kind of the idea of coyote mentoring. Um, it's a mentoring method that was developed over the past 30 plus years, and it's been incorporated into educational environments all around the world. It was codified in the Coyote's Guide to Connecting with Nature. You can find that. Um, just look it up, Coyote's Guide to Connecting with Nature. It was co-authored by Ellen Haas, Evan McGowan, and John Young. So WASS trains educators interested in mastering coyote mentoring. So check it out if you feel like this is your calling. Um, <clears throat> the Wilderness Awareness School hires only experienced, uniquely trained adults who are thoroughly grounded in both wilderness and community building skills. Uh, a lot of those folks lead the summer camps, um, but a lot of them stay for the year-round programs as well. I would have to say all of the camp directors were at one time camp instructors and the staff was really experienced and enthusiastic about connecting kids and youth with nature, but they're very, very committed to the philosophy and the principles of WAS. And um, most of the, the camp staff return year after year after year, and they're very familiar with the programs and they really regard this as a calling, as something they do. Because uh, I think perhaps most importantly, that if you're gonna develop high quality youth programs, it, it isn't a part-time job for, for summer jobbers. You know, it's the, the commitment is to giving a great nature experience to youth as a year round mission. And the Wilderness Awareness School definitely um, demonstrates that core value. So that's the Wilderness Awareness School. Now shifting gears here, um, Another program is the Roots and Shoots Global Youth Program, um, it, which flourishes in about 60 countries now. And Roots and Shoots participants um, identify and address problems in their communities while they learn to become the compassionate citizens 
that the planet needs. So the Roots and Shoots, which is a part of the Dr. Jane Goodall Institute, their mission is that, or vision statement, I should say, is the dreamers of tomorrow take action. So the program is totally action-oriented. In 1991, a group of 12 local teenagers met with Dr. Jane Goodall on her back porch in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, and they were eager to discuss a range of problems they had witnessed in their community. And Dr. Goodall was really impressed by their compassion, their energy, their desire to develop a solution to problems. And it was with these young people that Roots and Shoots was born with its focus on training young people to become the informed generation of compassionate citizens. So Roots and Shoots partners with schools, other educators, youth organizations to inspire and educate young people to make a difference on an individual basis. So in its very DNA, we have both action orientation and character development. Youth who make a difference are ones who lead a movement for good is the banner statement of Roots and Shoots. So youth who make a difference are ones who lead a movement for good. Empowering young people to care for the world they inherit is the responsibility of every generation, says Dr. Goodall. I'm gonna say that again. Empowering young people to care for the world they inherit is the responsibility of every generation. That's not the responsibility of every generation of young people to figure out how to care for the world. It's the responsibility of generations ahead of them to help empower them to take care of the world they inherit. So Roots and Shoots, in that program, youth are leading a global movement in conservation by equipping their generation of young people to become activated and empowered conservation-minded citizens in their everyday life. Um, that's kind of where it's got to start on the personal level before you can take it to the community and then the systemic. Now, um, about 100 countries have roots and shoots and they're strong and they're growing. It's, it's an unprecedented multiplying force in conservation and service-based learning. And it's been giving young people the knowledge and the confidence to act on their beliefs and make a difference by being a part of something bigger than themselves. So currently, um, as of now, 6-11-2023, um, there are 2,118 groups of roots and shoots with 63,540 youth taking action in 50 states in the USA alone. That's doing something. And the program has a strong message to youth, which is, again, it's empowering, it's action-oriented, and it says, you have the power to build a better world today. Get started making a difference in the ways that matter most to you and your community. So, <coughs> Youth understand that if they want to do something about the problems facing their community and their world, whether it's social justice, pollution, climate change, more, and of course, all of those things are intersectional, then Roots and Shoots provides the support, 
the resources, the tools, and the leadership training to empower them to take action and to lead change in their community. So they ask any youth coming in, do you want to make a positive impact? Do you want to really see a positive impact from the effort that you put in? And being a part of Roots and Shoots is going to mean then that you stand up and you take action to solve problems in your community. I, I would love to see that kind of training be inculcated among adults in every community we're in too, right? So the model of training, the Roots and Shoots model, it focuses on best practices and service learning to grow compassion and action and young change makers. And together, the idea is together, we make change, we're growing a movement. And it's focused on training nine compassionate traits called the Roots and Shoots Compassionate Traits. And here, um, if you're looking at compassion put into action, here are compassionate leadership skills and traits. You've got introspection, which is examining your beliefs and considering how your actions affect the world around you. You've got acting with a purpose, making choices that align with a commitment to have a positive impact on important issues. You've got thinking critically or critical thinking skills, um, exploring a topic from all angles before making a well-informed thought out decision. Empathy, connecting to feelings outside of ourselves by understanding the experience of another from the way they see something, the, what they felt, what they experienced, right? Um, collaborating and communicating openly those skills, embracing the inspiration and participation of others by accepting new ideas and perspectives, being a good team player, working well in a team, engaging your peers, leveraging unique individual skills, inspiring your peers, setting a positive example for others around you, being hopeful and optimistic, not being Pollyanna or disingenuous, but staying positive and committed to achieving a good goal. And then being adaptable and resilient embracing challenges and overcoming setbacks. So these are nine compassionate traits of roots and shoots, introspection, acting with a purpose, <coughs> critical thinking skills, empathy, collaborating and communicating openly, being a good team player, inspiring your peers, remaining genuinely hopeful and optimistic about goals, being adaptable and resilient. The training cultivates those traits through um, activities. They call them compassionate trait activities. Um, the guiding belief behind it is that anyone anywhere can make a difference for people, other animals, and the planet that we share. You want to get started by exploring and creating your own community project? So kids and youth are taught how to develop their own projects. How, they're, they're taught how to develop their own projects. 
I'm trying to think Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts kind of did that. If you're going on to be an Eagle Scout or something, you had to identify community problems. You had to develop your own project. This is kind of that idea, but done in a different context. And they use a four-step formula. And the first step is get engaged. Get excited and engaged about understanding issues in your community. That's the first step. Step two, observe. Are you unsure of what issue you want to address? Well, try community mapping. Step three, take action. You and your team have mapped your community and recognized a set of local needs. What When I learned how to do community map, mapping, we called it, what are the critical needs in your community that are unmet? And now that you have some ideas for possible projects, it becomes time to plan actions to meet those needs. And then when you do that, when you do those actions to meet the needs, step four is to be sure to celebrate. You got to congratulate each other for a job well done on completing a project to meet critical needs in your community, taking an action plan that made a positive impact. That folks right there in a nutshell is the essence of putting compassion into action, taking ideas and intention putting them into action and seeing a difference. If you want to change the world, you start by looking at your communities that you care about around you, figuring out the critical needs that have gone unmet, coming up with a plan to address those needs, making sure you've considered it, work with others, get, get the project done and celebrate that and then do it again, rinse and repeat. And this is teaching youth and children how to do this from the get-go. So you can sign up for Roots and Shoots if you're a youth, if you're an educator, you can find a group near you, you can find resources online or in person to help you, no matter where you are, just go to rootsandshoots.org. And this may be a program for youth and kids, but I'll tell you, so many adults could benefit from this kind of um, reminder and refresher training, because it's how we could all help each other more too, I think. Anyway, great program. Now, the last one I'm going to talk about is called Faith for Earth Empathy Leadership Program, right, or FEEL, Faith for Earth Empathy Leadership Program. This is a faith-based training model, and it's based on the yogic path of Srimad Rajchandra. I think I said that right. Srimad Rajchandra, right? He was considered to be an enlightened spiritual teacher in India from 1867 to 1901. You do not have to be a follower of this spiritual path in order to participate in the FEEL program or to learn from its components or its model of training. But the stated mission of the Srimad Rajchandra Love and Care Society, that's the Umbrella Society, is to realize one's true self and to serve others selflessly. So again, um, interpersonal knowledge, um, self, uh, selfless servant learning, um, a service-based model of learning with an emphasis on character development and leadership skill development. So the, the FEEL program, um, it's designed to make environmental education an emotional and experiential affair. And the goal is to create empathetic leaders, compassionate leaders, 
empathetic leaders who do not only transform their individual lifestyle choices, but who also create a ripple effect in society and empowering them to bring about positive change. So it is a youth training program that is recognized by the UN Environment Program. And that's how I came to know about it through the United Nations. And when I learned more about it, I definitely see the universal principles and practices that can be applied. So um, FEEL, the program, encourages young minds to develop deeper ways of thinking, feeling, and interacting with nature. This has definitely got a more Eastern uh, cultural approach, and it presents them with a unique opportunity to become agents of change as empathy leaders. So you've got a junior level, which is eight to 12 years, and juniors engage six modules. Uh, each module is about 45-minute sessions. They combine uh, value education with environmental education. And they're trying to cultivate these virtues in you know, young teenagers. One is compassion. One is responsibility. One is mindfulness. One is, again, gratitude. One is selfless love. And one is awareness, self-awareness, situational awareness. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you've got a senior level, seniors um, between the age of 12 to eight, and they will engage, uh, you know, in six modules of the senior level. And those are, those six modules are taught in like two 90 minute sessions, and they're designed to shape youth toward becoming environmentally conscious by training them in these skills, loving yourself managing relationships, tapping into talents, yours and others, growing by giving to others, being a good team player or sports person, and being responsible. So the program not only assists children and youth in developing their emotional quotient, their EQ, but it also instills age-appropriate skills in them, and it, it certifies young minds as empathy leaders of the environment who embody four E's, four E's, those are capital E, four E's, which are the goals of the whole program. So the four E's include empathy, again, and again, that's the power to empathize with the environment with its problems, the ecosystem, everyone else in the ecosystem, the earth itself, its problems by identifying also the human behaviors that are at the root of the problem. Good, good reflection, deep, honest, vigorous self-reflection. Um, a second E is envision. You have empathy, now you have envision, the power to envision solutions to the problems by exploring the changes that can be brought about within oneself, but also within one's community to protect the environment. So empathy and envision. The third E is execute, action. The power to execute those solutions to the problems by putting the learned values into action on a personal level and then a community level. So empathy, envision, execute. And then finally, empower the power to empower others to be change makers 
in order to multiply the effects of transformation by including others on the team. So empathy, envision, execute, empower, the four E's. And feel states, this is what they say, we prioritize transformation over information by inculcating a sense of accountability in children and the youth for the environmental issues our world faces today. The FEEL program uses six interactive modules to explore a range of problems threatening the environment. And each module focuses one such on, on one such challenge. And then it goes deeper, diving deeper into that challenge, looking at the causes, the effects, the plausible solutions, and of course, age appropriate and practical ways. I think um, these six modules are great training for anyone on the planet today in the human species. I wish all of us would get this. Module one, watching your waste, looking at excessive shopping, toxic waste, recycling and simplicity, looking at positive practices instead. Hello. Number two, shifting the plastic paradigm. Learning about plastic waste, marine life, ocean toxicity, sustainability, and building a life practice that does not contribute to plastic pollution. Whoa. Three, making every drop of water count. Understanding the water crisis and one's water footprints. Learning about and practicing water conservation. Practicing mindfulness about water use and consumption. These are awesome. Four, grow green. Understanding deforestation, what causes it, how to fight against it, developing a forest-friendly lifestyle that includes protecting forests of all kinds and green spaces of all kinds, having plant pets, plant pets, and cultivating a green attitude. I love these. And then the fifth is embracing the eco-family, learning how to appreciate and protect the interdependent ecosystems, understanding ecological imbalance, understanding biodiversity, developing empathy with other species, and committing to a culture of compassionate living in all aspects of our lives. Um, <coughs> the sixth is combating climate change. And that is all about asking kids and youth to understand global warming, its causes, its impacts, and the solutions available. Understanding carbon footprints, knowing about one's own carbon footprint. Developing an entrepreneurial attitude. I love that. Like be creative, think outside the box and living with constant environmental awareness. I don't know about you, but I think those six modules of the field program are, uh, to me, they're a template of any kind of conservation and um, activism training, lifestyle change-making training for anyone of any age. I think that's just awesome. What a great sort of block of curriculum right there. So that's the FEEL program. There you have it. Wilderness Awareness School, Roots and Shoots, and FEEL, um, Faith, Empathy, Environmental Leaders. So it's like what do these award-winning programs have in common then? Well, you probably were tracking that as you were listening, but this is what I get. First of all, age appropriateness, you know, developmental psychology, education, uh, both obviously shaping the curriculum 
and the messaging and activities are all age appropriate when you get into the curriculum and look at it. So that part's really savvy. Um, two, they're, they're all action oriented. They are empowering young people to get into action in ways that they can manage so that they really feel positive outcome and they go through the process of, of doing that again and again. Three, character development. Obviously focusing on character building virtues that make human beings function like humane beings who want to serve. Four, um, they all have service leadership as a paradigm. Learning leadership, that's all about making a difference for others, other humans, other non-humans, for ecosystems, for the planet itself, and learning leadership skills because leadership is a discipline unto itself that requires lifelong learning. And the instructors are mentors. The teachers walk their talk and guide their students through their own demonstration and personal coaching and encouragement. So this isn't about the next generation saving everybody. This is older generation showing the way and learning from their students at the same time. So there's intergenerational learning and growing going on. The programs are experience-based. Not much time talking about the issues or what we shoulda, woulda, coulda, but instead focusing on immersion experiences, connecting deeply with nature, listening deeply to community, listening deeply to nature itself, developing projects in response to actual needs, doing things practically, getting the practicum in, reflecting on the practicum and what experience is teaching. Nature immersion, not just connection, but nature immersion. Get out of your normal life and into an immersive experience in nature, letting nature be the best teacher in the room from whom we all are learning together. The ancient is blended with postmodern knowledge. You've got ancient wisdom and postmodern science, and you're holding in deep respect the wisdom of ancient, often native, indigenous cultures alongside current scientific knowledge and, of course, ethical use of available beneficial technologies. And the organizations are all very committed to accessibility, inclusivity, equity, safety, and affordability. So finally, the people involved think of this as a life's work, a calling, a full-time vocation, whether that's paid or non-paid. And that's what they do so extremely well. So I hope you find these programs as inspiring and frankly hopeful as I do. And I share this not just for people interested in mentoring or educating youth environmental leaders, but as a good reminder to all of us listening about the ongoing environmental leadership that any of us can be engaged in at any age to continue to improve making a positive difference ourselves in obvious ways. If you ever feel despair, you ever start to feel hopeless, the antidote to that is get engaged. And some of the principles and practices lifted up in these programs that I've shared today, they're foundational for any one of us at any time. And I guarantee you, at least I find this to be true for me. If I start to do any one of them, 
I feel a whole lot better. I feel a whole lot more optimistic. And I really want to and can celebrate when we make a positive difference. And that's what it's all about. That wraps up this installment of Blue Marble Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you value what you've heard here today, please share this information with others. New Blue Marble Podcasts air live on the third Friday of every month, and they are available for listening anytime thereafter through our channel on Blog Talk Radio. Go to www.blogtalkradio.com CSNP. Search for Blue Marble with Rev Sharbear, and you will find the archive of all of these Blue Marble podcasts. You can click on any you want to hear or download for later listening. Thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow nature-centered paths. Join us throughout the week for various programming connecting with the community around the world. Please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash CSN podcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. Until next time, many blessings. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.